Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castro. I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how was your weekend? It's good, Adam. It was uh, it was an okay weekend. I thought the games yesterday were a little slow for uh, for the most part, especially in the one o'clock hour. I thought they were uh, a little sloppy. That Philadelphia Cleveland game, the the weather game, where it's seemingly never sunny in Cleveland. Uh, the Tennessee Baltimore game was good. The New England Houston game was good. Uh, Pittsburgh just steamrolling Jacksonville. Uh, Cincinnati Washington game sucked for more reasons than one. Uh, the Detroit Carolina game was a surprise for sure. Yes. And then the Taysom Hill Bowl in, uh, in New Orleans. So, yeah, we uh, we got a lot to uh, to, to talk about. And uh, at least I all think, the four o'clock games were good. Yes, the, the four o'clock games were very good. And the Sunday night game was terrific. Mm-hmm. Sunday night game was absolutely terrific. But I think before we do that, um, do you want to do. Before we go into the games, Adam, do you want to just give everyone an update on the schedule for this week just because of Thanksgiving on Thursday? Sure. So uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, we're going to be recording two shows, actually. Um, so we're going to be recording the waiver show as usual, doing three previews because of the uh, uh, Thursday night triple header that... Uh, the NFL loves to have now, which I mean, makes my job easier on Sunday because it's six teams. I don't have to worry about, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, so we have that. And then uh, we're also going to be recording the uh, preview show, the Sunday preview show on Friday. I mean, on not on Tuesday, we're going to be recording the Sunday preview show on Tuesday, and then that's going to be coming out on Friday. So really, we won't really be. We'll probably end up talking about the Thursday games next Monday. I guess would be the way that that works. Yeah, yeah, it would be part. It would be part of the review. So the, so the review show for next Monday might be a little longer. Yeah. So, so uh, just keep that in uh, in mind, and then on my end, at least, I'm going to try and get a debate together and maybe that will be released over the weekend i'm not exactly sure because of the holiday and perhaps maybe maybe there'll be a little bit more of a surprise in there with the return of the basement talk podcast a vanilla show maybe i'm not i'm not sure yet i think more likely that would come back next week but yes that show is in fact coming back and then next week we're doing the monday show the review show is normal but then Tuesday, we're going to do a waiver show again. But then after that, because trade deadlines are coming up, some people have trade deadlines this week. Other people have trade deadlines next week. We will be doing a full trade deadline show focusing on who you should be selling high on, who you should be buying low on, and everything in between. So uh, getting you guys all ready for your uh, trade deadlines as you begin your final pushes towards uh, towards playoffs and if you're a selling team, especially if you're in a uh, in a keeper or a dynasty, the strategies that go along with selling. So we will uh, be talking all about that next week, and then of course it'll be regular regular schedule after that next week. It'll be there'll be a debate show next week. The Basement Talk podcast will be back next week, and I would just, and then yeah, we're gonna be doing a preview show on uh, on Friday as we normally do. Yep. Yeah, because basically, I mean, next week is the is limbo in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
I mean, actually, yeah, it's the, the, the limbo between Thanksgiving and Christmas for you, but, and between Thanksgiving and Hanukkah for me, it's actually early this year. Hanukkah is starts yeah. on like the 10th. Yeah. So that's nice. But we usually, what day, what day does Hanukkah fall on this year? Yeah. The 10th. No, I, what day of the week there? Oh, what day of the week? I have no yeah, idea. What day of the week? I, mean, absolutely, yeah. I was going to say, I have my freaking computer with a calendar on it right in front of me, and I can't even uh, open that up. Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Thursday night, and the first full day of Hanukkah is on a Friday. Yep. I may have to get a new co-host for the first week of playoffs. No, it's fine. We don't really do my, we don't really do stuff for Hanukkah. Especially, on the, this, especially on, this year, too. Yeah. Usually, we just, like, me, well, before everything, we would just... Uh, meet around Christmas just because that's when everybody would be off because you can't because right. like, it's weird to take off in the middle of December true and like it's not like it's a consistent thing that you can just mark it on your calendar like yep right this is this is the day off because I wish that'd be that'd be that'd be really nice but yeah it would be nice but whatever so what happens when you're going through uh, two you're going by two different uh, calendars they true they do not line up very rarely do they yeah, I think there was there was one year where I thought we went from Hanukkah being a few days before Christmas and then Christmas. And then we had. Well, I know this this year we have the day after Christmas is for those who celebrate Kwanzaa. Yes. Yeah. Kwanzaa is on that on that uh, that Saturday. So, is Kwanzaa the same day every year or is that also a different calendar? I think it changes. Yeah, I think that changes. I'm not entirely sure but I believe it changes. Yeah. Forgi- forgive well, me for being uh, uh, intolerant about my, uh, my knowledge of, of Kwanzaa. Well, there's not, I mean, you know, you, you don't need to know when Kwanzaa is. I don't know when Kwanzaa is. Like, I know. It's, the, I know it's December 26th. I know that because it's my dad's birthday. That's interesting. Yeah. No, well, I, I'm like kind of familiar with it, but not like we learned about it in elementary school, but um, yeah. My there dad has a, my dad has the worst birthday in the history of the world. By the way, just in yeah. just in case you know you were curious, December twenty sixth is the worst day to have a birthday on on the planet. Yeah, it's awful. No, it's so bad because everybody's because, just exhausted. Right, right, and he he knows it too, and he listen he listens to the podcast. So, what's up, Pop? How you doing? Sorry that your birthday sucks. Jeez. Well, um, he knows it. He knows it. it's okay. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a year a couple of years ago. I think when I was in high school, where uh, Hanukkah was like right at was like a couple like a week or so after Thanksgiving, like that next week. Really? Yeah. That's ungodly early. Yeah, it was like Thanksgivinga is what people called it. <laughs> Thanksgivinga. That's something. Uh, yeah. So let's get into these games, shall we? Let's do it. And uh, let's start off with that. Uh, Philadelphia and Cleveland game that you mentioned. And just just first off, buy or sell. If you have a player playing in Cleveland, you need to fade fade on those match. Like you need to take those matchups, those performances with a grain of salt. Um, I'm selling it, but I think what I would buy is in saying that anybody who is playing in a game which happens to be in the state of Ohio needs to be checking weather before those players are, are played. 
because once again, it was shitty weather and this game was for the most part a snooze fest. Well, actually I, I changed my mind. The only players you, you should be starting in a bad weather games are the defenses. That's true. That's true. Cle- Cleveland Browns defense put up, I believe they were top 10 scoring of the week. Yeah. I mean, they put up 22 points, right? I think, I think overall, I think they were top 10 or so amongst all everybody for, uh, for the week. I could be, I could be wrong on that, but I believe that they were, unless the Sunday night game uh, completely changed that, which is entirely possible given you had uh, Darren Waller with a big game. And then of course the, uh, the, the, uh, the trio of Mahomes Hill and, uh, Kelsey. and Kelsey having monster, monster, monster games. Uh, let me just have a look here. So top 10 would be, Keenan Allen was one, Thielen was two, Deshaun Watson three, Justin Herbert four, Tyreek five, Kelsey six, Demir Bird seven, Dalvin Cook eight, Taysom Hill nine, Devontae Adams ten, which is 23 points. So if you were to go outside of that, Deontay Johnson is 11 with 23.1, Kirk Cousins is 12 with 22.4, and then 23 is Darren Waller with 21.8. So on the week, the Cleveland Browns defense was the 13th highest score. Well, that's that's something. Yeah, and uh, I apologize if I swayed anybody from not going for the uh, the Cleveland defense. That's on me. Well, l- listen, I think this is one of those things where it didn't look good. Like the pregame. Does it ever? No. I'm just saying like the the <sighs> The fact that Cleveland would have been one of the top scorers was kind of unpredictable in the sense that we didn't know how shitty the weather was going to be and that they were going to get a pick six also and another interception and a bunch of sacks on Carson Wentz. Um, So, I mean, credit to the Eagles for making this a game because for a while it seemed like it really wasn't. It seemed like Philadelphia couldn't do anything on offense and Honestly, neither could Cleveland. Uh, I saw Rashard Higgins drop a one of the easiest passes ever just because of the rain. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how many – Cleveland is has played six home games so far, so you only have to worry about this probably twice uh, in the remaining six games. So at least there's that. But, uh, yeah. It is never sunny in Cleveland, apparently. Yeah, well, that's why it's it was always sunny in Philadelphia. Not it's never it's sunny never in, sunny in Philadelphia. And it's never sunny in Cleveland. It sounds like an awful show show title. Philadelphia is terrible, terrible, terrible place. Um, buy or sell? There is nobody on the Philadelphia Eagles that you can consistently start in fantasy. Consistent, mm, consistently, consistently. I, ooh. See that that's the rub, isn't it? Consistently. Consistently. As in they are plug and play, you set them, forget them. Um I don't th- I think I'm selling it, but I do think that Dallas Goddard, it seemed like Dallas Goddard and Carson Wentz, it's like they never left at this point. Like they never that's lost true. touch with each other in this game. Um Miles Sanders is still gonna get you volume in this game as well. Uh, the Eagles, I mean, the one thing the Eagles really did well 
was running was uh, running the football with uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. But yeah, when you have Carson Wentz, it's just hard. It's just hard. So I wanted to um, I, I meant to do this beforehand and I apologize for forgetting. Uh, so we'll move on from this game after I go through this, but I've neglected to I meant to do this on Friday. I completely forgot to do it. So I'm doing it now. I had one DFS lineup in for this week. Mm-hmm. And it was in a $50 contest, 50-50. So the way, the way that it works is, let's say you're in a pool of 100 people. And the way a 50-50 works is if you place top 50, you win money. Right? Yep. So I was in a $50 contest this week. Here's my lineup. And you tell you tell me how you think it went. Matt Ryan, Kalen Balaj, Miles Sanders, Tyler Boyd, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Taysom Hill, Keenan Allen, Lions D. I'd say you I think you won money, but barely. I came in 50 out of 100. That's what I figured. I just scraped scraped it out. There are barely. There were some cinder blocks tied to your feet in that lineup that were trying to trying to sink you down to uh, below below 50. I needed that four o'clock outburst and the fact that I had the two highest scorers of the week with Mister Thielen and uh, Mister Keenan Allen. Definitely, definitely helped my cause. But um, yeah, I ended up winning 50 bucks off of that. And then a three-team teaser that I hit last night. Uh, I had Steelers minus three, uh, Packers plus nine and a half, and Kansas City Pick'em. So I was able to win that as well. So overall, it was a very profitable week. And on top of that, in my survivor pool, which I was, which I had been doing, my one of three that I was in, two of them, I had lost already, but there's one that I was in where we had basically, we were still going. It was down to two and I had picked the Steelers and the other guy that was in it picked the Chargers, both won. So we were going into Thanksgiving, you know, needing to pick more teams. So I texted the guy last night. I said, you know what? This is just getting ridiculous at this point. There's no need for us to keep going and, you know, killing ourselves. You want to split the money. So that happened as well. He, he, ended up, we ended up taking 175 bucks a pop for uh, for that. So collusion. Well, it's fair. It's fair. No, game. I'm kidding. Yeah, once you get in survivors, once you, it depends on who's running the pools. But once you get down to the final four, that's when you can start talking about splitting money. Okay. Yeah. No. So we got down to the final two, and that's when we decided, you know what, it's not worth it. We have the holidays coming. 175 bucks, 175 bucks. Let's not kill ourselves. And we're going to end up playing it out anyway, just to kind of see what would happen. That works. And I would have picked the Dolphins this week for all disclosure going up against the, uh, the stinky, stinky Jets. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it know. was, it was a profitable weekend on, on many, on many fronts. All right. Uh, next game. Let's talk about probably the best game in the one o'clock hour. I think personally, and that is the Titans at the Ravens. 
you know, at halftime of this game, I was all ready to go at you with a buy or sell of is AJ Brown still injured and is it worse than we thought? And then when I saw that touchdown that he caught, I was like, yeah, he's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's funny about that was I was in the middle. I was literally mid sentence when he scored that touchdown of speaking some slander about AJ Brown and saying that he's not as good as Corey Davis. And then what does he do? He just goes and scores a touchdown. That's the reverse. It's like a reverse commentator curse, and you weren't even commentating. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be hell. It was a really nice touchdown. It was a really, really nice touchdown. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give him that. We have a former Cowboy sighting. Sighting actually. Do you remember Jeff Swain? Disgraceful. Absolutely oh, also, disgraceful. also Des. Des who caught throw up the X, baby. That's my guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we have Des who caught four catch, four balls for uh, 28 yards, but also Jeff Swain, former backup tight end to Jason Witten. To add I don't to want to talk, talk about Jeff Swain. To I want to talk all about, all about Des. Is, wasn't it funny that Tony Romo was calling the game for Des Bryant? I know, right? All we needed was for DeMarco Murray to be a backup running back for the Tennessee Titans, and we just had the – the freaking triplets. Yeah, right. Those are the triplets coming from a Cowboys Tri- fan. Triplets 2.0. Yeah. Well, we had Still. we had the 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 very best was of course when Jimmy Johnson got inducted into the hall and Troy Aikman was in the uh, was in the booth. That was that brought a nice little tear to my eye, I got to say. Yeah, I, I would I I wouldn't have been shocked if Tony Romo Broke uh, broke character for a second and was like, "That's my guy." If uh, when Des caught that sixteen yard ball, I would have. Oh, I definitely would have. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you'll get to see one day uh, Mark Sanchez in the announce booth break down in in, uh, in tears when Rex Ryan is inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh my god. What's his bust going to be? Is it going to be as? Ravens defensive coordinator is Jets head coach, or is it just going to be a, a foot? Well, consider it. They don't have enough bronze <laughs> to make a bust for, for Rex Ryan in, in the Hall of Fame. Well, they have enough bronze to make a bust out of his wife's feet. If they count, if they count his ego, they don't have enough bronze. That's true. That that's true. That's correct. Um, yeah. It's funny how Jason Witten. It's like Brett Favre's backup quarter. You know how Brett Favre's backups are like some is like the best fraternity ever because you have like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Hasselbeck, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, yes. Think of Jason Witten's backups. Oh my lord! Tired. Oh my god! Where Martellus Bennett. First of all, Martellus Bennett. Yep. Um, Jeff Swaim. Jeff Blake Swain. Jarwin. Yeah. Anthony Fasano. Yep. If, we're, if we want to go way, 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 way back, we can go Anthony Fasano. We, uh, who else? Who else? I feel like there's so many more that I'm missing. Um, like I'm just thinking of just obscure tight ends that only I would know just as a freaking Cowboys fan. But there's just like so many names that just jump off the page and it's just like, oh, wait, he was a, he was a Cowboys tight end. Martellus Bennett is probably the, the biggest one because Martellus was just – Jealous of Jason Witten. 
Yeah, I mean, Jason Witten was Cowboys royalty. Well, Martellus Bennett knew that he wasn't going to get the starting job ever. Right. Basically, Jason Witten, it's, you know how people say over my dead body as an expression. Jason Witten would literally have to die for Martellus Bennett to get the starting Cowboys tight end job. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Um, Anyway, so for this game, uh, buy or sell. J.K. Dobbins is now firmly established as the leader of the Ravens' backfield committee. Uh, sell. I haven't seen enough of it, but signs look good that he can be the leader of uh, of that committee. Yes, but do I do I think that it has happened? Have we just completely gone and made that switch? No, I don't. I uh, I, I do not. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. Mark um, Andrews is back, thank God. Yes, yes. That, and Mark Andrews, touch- Mark, Mark yeah. Andrews look good. Yep, that thirty-one yard touchdown. Love it. Yeah, but the thing with that Ravens offense is just looks—it's so one-dimensional that if it's not going to Mark Andrews, if it's not a Lamar Jackson run, it's kind of like, you know, what? What is it going to be? You know, so uh, we'll. It's it's gonna take a lot more to really dissect this Ravens offense because right now there are a lot of things that are uh, that are a bit worrying for uh, for the Ravens and how their defense just kind of laid over too to the uh, to the Titans was um, a bit alarming in terms the, of their the dis- yeah in terms of their long term prospects yeah also the disappearance of Marquise Hollywood Brown where has he gone well he's been like this all year and I've been saying as well that if you have Hollywood Brown and you're in a fab league, it's probably better that you drop him. And if someone sees that Hollywood Brown is on waivers, let them spend the fab to, to get him, make him somebody else's problem because he's, he's worthless. He's worthless. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Willie Sneed now is like the number one in the Ravens offense. He got seven targets in this game. Is there a number one? Well, I guess it's Mark Andrews really, but I mean, is there a number one though with the, with these receivers? I mean, it's like a, a 2A, 2B, 2C, and then one that's vacant at this point. Um, it's, I don't know. It's a mess. This this Ravens offense is, is a mess, um, and even Lamar Jackson is feeling the uh, the the brunt of it. Uh, buy or sell. The Titans are must plays going forward. Um, I'm talking the notable ones. I'm talking. No, I know. John I'm not going to be a dick and say, "Oh no, not all of them." Uh. I wouldn't start Deontay Foreman. No, I'm not going to say that. It's like Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, AJ Brown, Jonu. And if Jonu's out with an ankle injury, then Anthony Ferkser, I guess. Honestly, I'd probably say yes. I'm probably buying it. Just because I think that, like we've been saying, Ryan Tannehill is consistent. He rarely turns the ball over. He did have an interception today. Uh, or uh, on Sunday, he had an interception on Sunday and he, the Colts game wasn't great, but I mean, Ryan Tannehill can give you consistent performance. Derek Henry is Derek Henry, of course. And Corey Davis and AJ Brown are two really good receivers as well. And the fact of the matter is when you have a, a competent, stable quarterback situation, like the Titans have um, Corey Davis and AJ Brown are going to get theirs. And uh, we've seen that Jonathan Smith and Anthony Ferks are, are both serviceable tight ends. So I'd say, yeah. So their schedule going forward is at Indianapolis next week, 
at home versus Cleveland, at Jacksonville, at home versus Detroit, and then at Green Bay. It's it's a pretty nice schedule once they get past the Colts next week. I got I got to say for um, for Tennessee. So maybe maybe after um, once we get to the trade deadline show, maybe we could be talking about the Titans as a potential really good buy low. Um, but I don't know who you'd be buying low on. Maybe maybe Corey Davis. Maybe I but, I don't know. I don't but, know if anybody would consider like him a buy low. He's not low. No. No, I don't think so either. I think Corey Davis is probably be, it's he's the most valuable he's ever been. Yeah. So, so we'll uh, we'll have to uh, to wait and see on that one. But I agree with you. I think the Titans are, are the must play going forward. I think whomever the guy is going to be a tight end, whether it is going to be Jonu or whether it's going to be Anthony Ferkser, they have to be added just because of Ryan Tannehill and the way that he likes to target tight ends, especially on third down. Um, but that's a must add because that is a, a situation that could really be profitable for uh, for fantasy managers. Uh, definitely as we push towards playoffs. Yeah. Oh god, that Colts game next week is going to be fun. To be a good game, be a really good game, especially with uh, with how the Colts are right now. Yeah. All right. Next game, Patriots at Texans. Uh, would you like to go first with this buy or sell? Sure, I will. Uh, I'll take a crack at this one. So, buy or sell? Demir Bird is more valuable than Jacoby Myers. Um. Ooh. That's a very obscure one. Very obscure. Not that it's obscure. I don't think there's enough. I'm gonna sell it. I don't think there's enough. This is one game. I mean, really, each of those players have had one game where they've taken over. I would agree with you. So rank these guys in terms of who you would like to own. Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, and Demir Bird. Damian Harris. Mm, Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers. Interesting. But I think it's tied. Very interesting. I'm I'm almost the complete opposite. You'd have wait, you're gonna have Damian Harris at third? I would have Jacoby Myers one. Damien Harris two, Demir Bird three. With there not being, it's not even close between Harris and Bird. I I'm not interested in Bird even after a big week. I agree with you. I'd want to see it some more, but I still think out of all the guys that I would want to own in that uh, Patriots offense outside of Cam, uh, it has to be Jacoby Myers. But maybe maybe we're talking about Damien Harris being the guy here, especially now with Rex Burkhead potentially out for the season with a torn ACL. So. Maybe Damon Harris in, in a week, we're talking about being the true bell cow back for the Patriots, and that answer completely changes. Yep. Another one bites the dust. Uh, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yep. These these ACL injuries are uh, are running riot again. I know. They they legitimately, I think somebody might bring this up in the league meetings, is that they need to switch all the fields to grass. And, or just come up with something that's not field turf. Well, the uh, the two the two major ACL injuries from yesterday were not caused by the turf, they were caused by contact. Yes, especially the the big one, which we'll get to in uh, in a minute. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like we we've seen it happen also, like just cutting on turf, like that sort of thing. Yeah, of course, it 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 definitely contributes to. It. I mean, basically, they this may sound like a hot take, but I feel like. 
the NFL has never, ever found an actually sustainable, good solution for uh, artificial turf or artificial playing surface. Oh, we have some breaking news on the uh, on the pod, and it's not good news. Oh, boy. Uh, so the Baltimore Ravens have shut down their facility after multiple COVID-19 positive tests. Oh, geez. Yeah, so that'll be something to uh, to definitely monitor. And unfortunately, we will not be um, be covering that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But if there's something that breaks on that, um, I and I told I told Adam this, and I will tell you, the listeners, that if there's anything major that breaks over the course of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll hop on a podcast. I will just hit a record button, and I will do a ten minute, you know, little news segment about what's uh, what's going on. So that might be something that causes me to do a podcast over like Friday or Saturday. Well, that's huge considering that, you know, the Ravens are playing on Thursday. Yeah. That's Thursday a, night against that's a Pittsburgh. major problem. Yeah. I think they're traveling to Pittsburgh too. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. That is a, yeah, that's a major, major, major issue. And that one uh, we'll have to keep an eye on. And, that's right. They are playing Thursday, so we should have more clarity on that come Tuesday, if not Wednesday. Yep. So like I was saying, I feel like the NFL really hasn't, has never found an actually adequate solution to artificial playing surface because AstroTurf felt like you were playing on concrete, apparently, allegedly. According to interviews I've seen from like Chris Collinsworth, where he said it's like you're playing on asphalt when you get tackled. I don't know how they did it. I couldn't do it. No, me neither. I couldn't do it. And then with uh, with field turf, you have like a uh, – it just doesn't – you can't – it just doesn't behave the same way as, reg, as, artificial, as regular uh, no. just dirt does in grass. So No, it does not. It definitely uh, does not. So, uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're by yourself there, Mr. Caster. All right, uh, buy or sell. Until David Johnson comes back, there are no running backs that are worth looking at for the Texans. Bye. Bye. And I even think when David Johnson comes back, he has to be downgraded a bit because there's just, they just don't want to run the ball as much. And even Duke Johnson, when he has, he's been largely very inefficient when he has um i mean he was lucky to get six points in full ppr because he had uh, he had a couple of receptions but i mean it's it, it's hard to uh, to keep backing up the uh, the texans when i mean let's face it they just have not been able to run the ball all year i mean when he's getting you 10 carries for 15 yards and averaging a 1.5 yard per carry clip that's not good that's really not good. So, yeah, no. it's uh, it's getting really hard. I mean, I have a dilemma right now where I did start Duke Johnson, and I'm going into Monday night only up just under 10 points. And um, I'm nervous because it's Ronald Jones, and we don't know what kind of Ronald Jones is going to show up tonight. And if I had started Melvin Gordon or Kenyon Drake, I would be in a much more comfortable position than if I did when starting Duke Johnson. So, uh, next week it'll be an opportunity for me to reach the choir. 
preaching yeah. to the choir. Yeah, it's an opportunity for me to reassess and uh, and really see where I'm at with uh, with that with that team and in uh, those running backs. But um, yeah, it's it's getting really hard to continue to trust um, Duke Johnson and even David Johnson when he uh, when he returns. I think that's an opportunity that if I think if you can get anything for for them, if you have both. Uh, you definitely pull the trigger and you uh, you see what you can get in terms of just getting that situation completely out of uh, out of your life, quite frankly. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, the Steelers going up against the Jaguars. Buy or sell? Your prediction about Benny Snell was correct, that he would just go in and get one, a one-yard touchdown and take it away from James Conner. Uh, bye. Yep, I was furious. Absolutely, absolutely furious. And James James Conner looked great. And I understand it was against Jacksonville, and and there's uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not known to uh, really be the best when it comes to defending the run. But listen, that team beat the Colts. This is true. This is very true. James Conner looked great, and you thought that maybe because of his efforts, he would get a one yard touchdown. Uh, it, it it did not happen. Uh, I don't believe he even got a look at the goal line in uh, in this game so it, it definitely is a major concern for anybody that owns james connor that he can have 13 carries for 89 yards and he's basically been around two or three receptions a game which is definitely definitely concerning if you own connor but he's been consistent enough where i don't think he's he's broken your back but he hasn't really been the guy that's won you weeks um over the course of the season that's got to be a uh a major, major concern if you uh, if you do own James Conner in uh, in your leagues. But I will I will say, however, that after the Baltimore game, it does get a little bit better for James Conner to end the season at home versus Washington, at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, then at home versus Indianapolis. Buffalo, Cincinnati are two of the worst run defenses in football. So that absolutely 100% is going to be a good sign for James Conner. And I think he could be, he could be a guy we're talking about on that trade deadline show next week as a potential buy low. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, what's your buy or sell for this game? Um, well, to be honest, I don't have one because I think everything that we have talked about with this game has been said verbatim. The Jaguars are terrible. You don't want to talk, really talk about them. I mean, I guess a buy or sell that we really haven't discussed all that much is buy or sell is Eric Ebron a starting tight end the rest of the way? I feel like we've talked about Claypool. T- 10 plus touchdowns in his rookie year is, is ridiculous. Uh, Juju, you know what you're getting from him up and down consist- inconsistencies. Deontay Johnson, when he finishes games, he's great. When he doesn't finish games, he's terrible. But we haven't talked about Eric Ebron enough and Four catches, a touchdown yesterday. He was okay. He was okay. And I think, you know, given how shallow the tight end market is right now, Eric Ebron could be a guy that you're continuing to start the rest of the way for uh, for a very, very, very good football team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I think you're. I'm buying it. I think Eric Ebron is a starting tight end the rest of the way just because Big Ben is going to look at is going to look his way. And that's just the way it's going to go. Um, but yeah, we really ad nauseum have talked about how there's no how there's no true number one in Pittsburgh. 
and that whole thing, it, it fluctuates week to week. So, yeah, I guess we can move on to uh, – yes? I was going to say, I'm just going to run through these, and you're going to tell me who you who would rather have rest of the season. All right. Hayden Hurst or Eric Ebron? Hayden Hurst. I would rather have Hayden Hurst as well. Dallas Goddard or Eric Ebron? That is interesting. I can tell you I'd rather have it. It's not close. I th- I think I'd rather have Goddard. I'd rather have Ebron. Really? Not close. Not close for me. Uh, Ebron or Gronk? Ebron. I'd rather have Gronk. Ebron or Fant? Ebron. I'd rather have Fant. With Drew, with Drew Locke? Because he's the number one guy in that offense. Noah Fant is the number one guy. Drew Locke's first read is Noah Fant. And when they're down in games, when they're getting crapped on, Noah Fant is going to have an opportunity to really produce. So that, that, that for me is easy. For me, is, we, we haven't agreed on one. No, we agreed on the first one. Oh, with the Hayden Hurst. Yes, we, we did agree on that one. Um, Eric Ebron or Jonu Smith? I'd rather have Jonu Smith. I'd rather have Jonu Smith as well. Pending pending his health. Health, yeah. Yeah, because we don't know the extent of the uh, ankle injury that he had suffered uh, yesterday. But, yeah, we, we agree on two. It's more than usual. More than... Than, than sometimes. That's true. Very true. Uh, next game. Oh, I feel bad talking about this game. I feel dirty S- talking about it, honestly. Uh, Cincinnati at Washington. Man, this is terrible. This is why we can't have nice things. I know. This is like, it's like what happened with Deshaun Watson, but like a couple weeks later. Yeah. Yeah, this sucks. This really sucks. I mean, yeah. Like, buy or sell. The Bengals are are worthless without Joe Burrow. Buy. Rest of the season. Buy. And anybody anybody who has Tyler Boyd, I really, really, really sympathize with you. Because now you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because Tyler Boyd has been excellent all year long. And now he has Ryan Finley as his quarterback and... I think I'm being kind when I say that the uh, the drop off in talent from Joe Burrow to Ryan Finley is um, stark. I will I will put it that way. There is a uh, stark contrast between Joe Burrow and Ryan Finley. I, will, I think the uh, word I would use is precipitous. A precipitous. There you go. S A T word. Precipitous. I think that's a uh, that's a that's a much better word, Adam. Very good. Gold star. Yeah. Gold star for you. I God. Oh good. Good. Because I mean, guess who just landed on IR on Saturday? Your son, Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a minimum three week absence. So Giovanni Bernard basically is going to carry you into the playoffs, and I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be in a rush back now that Joe Burrow is out. So we could be seeing Giovanni Bernard as if you picked him up, he's a guy that could potentially be a high end flex, low end RB two the rest of the way for you. And give you some depth at the running back position. So if you were able to pick him up, congratulations, because you have a guy that now could be someone that is valuable for the rest of the season. Honestly, I feel like it's probably a committee now. It seems like where you with Samaj Piran and G, and Gio Bernard. 
Uh, I still I still think it's gonna be Bernard, especially in games that Cincinnati could win or that are closer. I mean, Cincinnati when Joe Burrow went down and he and he was out, you could just see the whole game shift. Every everything changed. Cincinnati was just out. And it well, just yeah, shows they didn't you the score in the second Joe half Burrow in that team. They didn't score they didn't score one point in the second half. Right. Right, and it just goes to show you that Joe Burrow is so important to the overall psyche and spirit of that team. And when you lose a, a character like that, you lose a teammate like that, it hits the team hard. And the performance really, really lacks. And they're going to have to regroup. They're going to have to figure it out and go the rest of the season with Ryan Finley as their uh, their guy. And he's had experience in the spot before. So he's coming in, and he's going to be the guy for the remainder of the year. And, I mean – God, do I feel bad again for people that own Tyler Boyd? Um, I know you you have to give your uh, your buyer self for this game, but I just want to go through. I think I already gave it. Oh, you it did. Bengals, it was the Bengals thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I guess this will be my buyer sell. We'll go. We'll go off of. We'll go off of yours, and we'll call it that. Um, I want to just go through rest of season ranks here just to kind of see where we're at with Tyler Boyd now that Joe Burrow is done. So Tyler Boyd or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. That's not close either. Yeah. That's not close either. And I have DJ Moore as my wide receiver 28 for the rest of the year. Tyler Boyd or Travis Fulgham? Oh, God. This is where we're going now. Oh, Christ. Um, Tyler Boyd? I'm going Boyd. I'm going Boyd. That's closer. It's closer, yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd or Devontae Parker? Oh, Devontae Parker, definitely. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That was decisive, too. Devontae Parker has at least two competent quarterbacks throwing him the football. Fair. Is the option yeah. of two competent quarterbacks. I'm going Boyd. I'm going Boyd, but that's very close for me. And very Devontae Parker, at this point, with Preston Williams out also, is the number one receiver in the Dolphins' offense. Yeah, and, and we've seen this Devontae Parker happen before, where come the end of the season, Devontae Parker realizes he's, a national, he's in the National Football League playing wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, and he comes alive. Oh, wait, I'm actually talented. Let me just catch 50 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, the power last, was within me all along. Last one, Tyler Boyd or DJ Shark? Hmm. I think I'd rather have Shark. I'd rather have Shark as well. So we're basically talking about Tyler Boyd. I could tell you exactly where he was in my rankings for the rest of the season. He was my wide receiver 19 for the rest of the season. Now, after the Joe Burrow injury, he has moved down to wide receiver 31. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's T. Rough. Higgins. T. Higgins is outside my top 40. AJ Green is also outside my top 40. It could be an overreaction. We we don't know. But I would be very, very, very nervous if well, it's not you like have, yeah. It's not like Ryan. Boyd. Yeah. It's not like Ryan Finley is unproven. We've seen Ryan Finley play last year. And it was not good. And it was not good. He got benched for AJ Green. I mean, for Andy Dalton. 
That'd be funny if you got benched for AJ Green. That'd be something. Yeah. AJ Green. AJ, can you play quarterback better than Ryan Finley? He's like, yeah, probably. You can't play receiver healthy, but can you play quarterback? Yeah, probably. Fuck it. I'll, I'll figure it out. Fuck it. Sure. Can I throw, he'll be like, can I throw to myself? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, Ryan Finley got benched after Andy Dalton got benched for Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley got benched for Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Have you, has your mind changed on, on uh, Andy Dalton? No. Or, okay. No. Even after Sunday? Nope. nope. What kind of question is that? A question that where I was looking for a reaction from you. Well, you're not going to get it. All right. Uh, next game, our second to last game of Sun of the uh, one o'clock hours on Sunday, the one o'clock hour. And uh, it's, oh God, it's another, another one of those. Uh, Detroit going to Carolina, getting shut out by Carolina. Buy or sell. Detroit has no offense without DeAndre Swift and or Kenny Galladay. Oh, bye. Bye. Yeah, this was a disaster. And this could cost Matt Patricia his job. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. It was ugly. That was that was hideous. I mean, they fired coaches for more for doing better. Doing they fired coaches that have done better than Matt Patricia has over his tenure in Detroit. Very true. Very, very, very true. Uh, buy or sell. Robbie Anderson is useless as long as Teddy Bridgewater is out. I'm buying it. I I I, I don't know. I just. You know what? Actually, I don't know. I don't want to say useless because he was still able to do, he's still able to get seven catches for 46 yards, but he's not at the same level where you're starting him on a week to week basis. I would sell it as well. Um, I think you just downgrade him. So he's not necessarily a steady wide receiver too. I would say he's more of a high-end flex as long as P.J. Walker is the guy. But if it's Teddy Bridgewater next week uh, when they go to Minnesota, then, yeah, Robbie Anderson, I would say if, if, te- if we know Teddy Bridgewater is playing next week at Minnesota, I would say Robbie Anderson could be a high-end wide receiver too that I would be playing in every single format imaginable. Yep. Fucking Jim Caldwell got fired after going 9-7. and seven. Ridiculous. That's the Detroit Lions. <sighs> All right. Next game. You ready to get angry? Uh, sure. Atlanta at New Orleans. Fucking hell. Uh, this is a redux of a previous buy or sell that we've done. Buy or sell. Matt Ryan is useless without Julio Jones. Sell. Sell. I just think it was a very bad game for the Falcons all around. And they were put in a position where they had to play catch up. And that definitely didn't help Matt Ryan or anybody really from uh, from Atlanta. So a bad game for them, but uh, it's not deterring me from starting any Falcons, at least going forward, namely Calvin Ridley, Julio Gurley, or 
or even Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I had coming into the week, I had him as a high end QB two, and I was not starting him in many places. So um, I, I understand that many people did when they heard that Marshawn Lattimore was out. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for you because the Saints defense has continued to be very good. This is their third week in a row that the Saints defense have posted double-digit points. So if you can go get your hands on the Saints defense, definitely do it. Uh, buy or sell. Taysom Hill is the hero that Michael Thomas needed. Oh, God. We're truly in the darkest timeline. Yeah. What did I say? That Friday was the day that fantasy football in the year of our Lord 2020 died? Yeah. Monday, November 23rd, is the day that fantasy football came back to life when Taysom Hill had the brain cells to figure out that Michael Thomas is the best player on that football team, and it's probably in his best interest to get him the ball. I might give him credit for that. I could have figured that out. Well, Uh, Drew Brees Brees fucking couldn't. (sighs) That's your guy. It is my guy. That's your guy. I don't know. So to your question, I guess, yeah, um, I'm surprised that Sean Payton let Taysom Hill throw as much as he did. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. That was exceptional. I Yeah, I'm just surprised. I figured that it would just be like super easy reads. I feel like Sean Payton probably would have treated Taysom Hill like a rookie quarterback where he's just like, here's either one read or you run. Well, apparently, Sean Payton really trusts Taysom Hill. Really, really does. Honestly, I shouldn't be shocked by that. No. No, I wouldn't be either. I mean, look. Say what you want about the whole fantasy implications of Taysom Hill. For looking at this, though, from a straight football perspective, Taysom Hill looked very good. He knew the offense. He knew what he had to do. There was a stat that I saw. It was probably in the second or third quarter where Michael Thomas had nine targets. And the rest of the team had six combined. So that goes to show you that Taysom Hill knows that he has to get the ball to Michael Thomas for him to be effective. And a fair play to Taysom Hill because he's figured out what Drew Brees simply couldn't. And that was get the ball to Michael Thomas. And look what also happens when you have a quarterback that knows how to throw a proper ball and isn't 43 years old. And they're not freaking lollipops. The Saints offense looked so good. It looked so good. So, uh, you know what? If Drew, if they were to tell me Drew Brees is going to miss the rest of the year, fuck it, I'm fine with it. Oh, my God. It was a nice time, Drew Brees. Thank you for the memories. Taysom Hill, let's ride. I have never seen such a heel turn from you in my entire life. Sorry. I'm all for productivity. And as far, as far as I'm concerned, Michael Thomas did more yesterday with Taysom Hill than he had done in the past two games with Drew Brees. You look at the numbers from the three games this year that he's played with Drew Brees, Adam. Ten catches. Ten catches for 95 yards. Yesterday alone, Michael Thomas had one less reception, and eight more yards. Nine, excuse me, my math. Nine more yards. That's true. Takes him, he'll knows what's best for him. And that is getting Michael Thomas the ball. 
So Taysom Hill. You know, I just close my I just close my pen for this because this is this is a very rare moment in time that we are about to witness. Adam, I need you to listen very closely to me. I honestly don't want to because I feel I like I'm afraid about what might come out of your mouth. This, I don't do this very often. Actually, this is very this is like once in a blue moon that I actually do do this, especially with a hot microphone on and you sitting there as well. Oh God. I would like to offer my heartfelt apologies to Taysom Hill for the slander that I said about him. And I wish him nothing but the best in terms of getting Michael Thomas the ball as much as he wants. And Drew Brees, it was nice while it lasted right off to the sunset. Okay. Don't come back. Oh, God. That is all. Thank you. Are we looking at Taysom Hill as a franchise quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely not. <laughs> I hope to Jesus we're not. How about that? I don't know. Sean Payton likes him. He does, which is... Oh, God, is that crazy? I mean, Drew Brees might actually miss the rest of the season. Yeah. With how many cracked ribs he had? 11. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's 11. bad. That's 10 bad. plus 1. 11. Jesus. That's very, very, very bad. You can't be like Tony Romo and be like, just put on a flak jacket. I'll be fine. It's like, well, no, not, no, anybody, no, no. Not, not everybody is Tony Romo. Not everybody has 11 cracked ribs either. Not everybody is a hero who can come back into the game with a punctured lung and throw a game-winning touchdown to Dwayne Holly in overtime at Candlestick. My guy, Ken. What about your guy? I haven't seen your guy do that. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for a response. No, Sam hasn't done that. Oh, I wasn't talking about Sam. I was talking about Drew. Oh, Drew Brees? Yeah. Oh. Well, he had... he Whatever. He threw a touchdown with cracked ribs. He's a rat. Fuck he him. He threw a touchdown to Alvin Kamara with cracked ribs. Yeah, fuck him. Whatever. More emphasizes my point. Fuck Drew Brees. Fuck Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. Anywho. Yes. Let's move on to uh, this game. I recanted. And now here I am saying, fuck Drew Brees and fuck Alva Kamara. Something's very wrong with this picture. Yeah. You know, for the past three weeks, I haven't been as angry with with the Jets. Really? I'm still angry. But at least they're they're competitive now. With some breaking news. Adam Castor says on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show that he is no longer upset with the New York Jets. I didn't say I did I did not say that. Listen with live to our, our correspondent, Jim Nacosta, who is outside Basement Talk Podcast headquarters. Jim. Oh my god. Thank you, Stacy. And we are outside the Basement Talk Podcast headquarters where Adam Castor, with his various degrees from Hofstra University and other educational facilities, has said that he is no longer upset with the New York Jets at their overall futility. He said that he will release a full statement in the coming days. Back to you, Stacy. 
Oh, thank you, Jim. May I please refute my my statement and say that I'm misquoted where I said, I'm not as angry. <laughs> please don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still mad because obviously, well, first off, there that was past interference. The fourth yep. and nine play, that was past interference. Uh-huh. That's he wasn't fair. even that's a, he wasn't that's even a fair gripe. He was not even looking at the ball. Who the fuck is his name? The guy who had the pick six, Tavon Campbell. Yes, Tavon Campbell. He great guy. Great guy. Great American. Not even looking at the ball when he was trying to murder Denzel Mims in broad daylight. Uh, I mean, the play calling was a bit better, I guess, in the second half. You guess that's something. I mean, basically, that's a, the only that's a positive. Literally, I can only imagine the play. Dow Loggins' play sheet literally just said hope for pass interference. That's the play. That was the play call. I mean, legitimately, <laughs> that's what it was. Wow, hope that's for a pass interference. Is that something out of the Madden playbook? Wow, hope for. I pass felt like I was watching that's something. I felt like I was watching myself play Madden with the amount of times that Joe Flacco was just like, "Here, let's chuck it to Brashad Perriman. Let's chuck it to Denzel Mims. Listen, Denzel Mims, that catch that he made. Oh, oh my God, where he straight up mossed Casey Hayward." I'm sure you love that. I did. Denzel Mims has a bright future with the New York Jets when they actually get a competent or a competent coaching staff in here. That's a big if, but I, Adam, I will let you. Uh, I will let you hope that that uh, that happens for you. But I mean, honestly, at this point in time, I don't know. I mean, listen, this game was competitive. They were a two-point convert, a touchdown and a two-point conversion away from tying this game, and it probably would have been easier if Sam Fickett, if they hadn't chose the wrong kicker, uh, because clearly Sam Fickett was still injured. Yeah, despite what Adam Gay said in the post game. Um, but yes, and Chris Herndon caught a touchdown. Shockingly, this is he lives. Yeah, it's a. It's a minor miracle, but yes, Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon is alive. But listen, I mean, there's probably more, I think there's more of a chance now that the Jets win at least one game than I felt four weeks ago. Where's the win coming? Who's it against? Mm, I don't know. Maybe Miami next week. Maybe Las Vegas. Those are the only not. two logical possibilities that I see. Maybe at New England. Week 17. Or home against the Browns, which I told you I on the think, phone. I be- think you would be hanging off of the try, bro. If you were going into week 17, 0 and 15. Against New England, I would yeah, no, that would be terrible. Against New England, that that might be bigger than your Super Bowl win at Foxborough. Oh God. It, it might be. I think Jets I, fans would be out in the streets celebrating. Yeah. Like they actually won something. And then you'd have uh Patriots fans being like, oh shit. <laughs> they would go into they would go into their hibernation. Hey, ah shit. Ah shit. Oh shit. Um, yeah. 
but legitimately, I think, yeah, they're competitive. That's it. They're competitive now. It's the first step. I don't know about competitive, but hey, this game was what you want. No, this game, this game was competitive. And the second half, it was, yeah, it was in the first half. I mean, literally the, I mean, they said it best. Uh, the broadcast team, both broadcast teams said it best when they were like the Jets lost this game in the first half when they were down 21, six or 24, six at the end of the first half. I mean, you have a fumble recovery by Ashton Davis and Joe Flacco throws a pick six on his first pass of the game. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I loved it. I loved it. That was beautiful. That was music to my ears. I was driving to work. I was driving to the train station. I was very excited about the fumble. And then I was like, wait, what? Threw a pick six. Threw a pick six. Yep. Thank you, Keenan Allen. Man of the, man of the people. But uh, let's let's move on and talk about the Chargers. Because really, this was a great game all around for the Chargers. I mean, the Jets secondary was inexperienced. Yep. Uh, Brian Poole is out for the season. Bless Austin's on IR. They had the other Lamar Jackson, Bryce Hall. The other Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, the other Lamar. It's like the other Adrian Peterson who played for the for the Bears. Abby heard the other Lamar Jackson. She uh, she got a little 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 agitated. Uh, buy or sell. Mike Williams is a startable fantasy receiver. Again, yes. Again, yes. I think so. I would say so too. I think he's a uh, he's a middle of the road flex at the very least. But if you're looking for help, if maybe you're looking at a absence for Juju, if you are without Kenny Galladay, if you're going to be without Julio, then I think Mike Williams could be someone that you look at and could provide some uh, some good numbers and could help mitigate that loss. So yeah, I'm I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that as well. Yeah. Um. Buy or sell? Actually, you know, I'm, I don't really have another buy or sell. Unless you want to talk about Kalen Balazs. Uh, we can talk about Kalen Balazs, sure. If you want to give another buy or sell, yeah. Is that who your buy or sell is about? I mean, yeah. Go for it. Kalen Balazs is startable in the future. As long as Eckler is out. Yeah, as, as, long, as, as long as Austin Eckler is out, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, well, I guess also Jameson Crowder is no longer quarterback proof. He's taken himself out of the running as the only fantasy relevant player on the Jets. True. True. Um, although maybe when Sam come, if Sam comes back next week against Miami, that'll help him. It it will help him. Yeah. Because but, Flacco, uh, Flacco has always liked those big bodied receivers. We just he just likes Brashad Perriman because they already have the chemistry. Right. He already knows. Right. I mean, there, there were balls that he's that he threw to Jameson Crowder that were just meatballs. Just, yeah. Meatballs. You could say meatballs. that. They just didn't look good. No. Uh, speaking of the Jets' next opponent, uh, the Dolphins at the went to Denver. And they Did got, they? I had no idea. Yeah, they got. Sh- I mean, I don't think the Dolphins knew they went to Denver. No, I don't think they did either. Quite frankly. Um, it's weird. This game was just weird. Could this be a weather thing too? Where it's like 
Tua was like, I'm not used to playing in the, in the cold. No, not in the cold. Well, maybe in the cold. Or just like in the thin air of Denver. I think every team has to face it, though. It's true. You know, everybody knows that that, is, that comes with the territory when you're going to, uh, to mile high. But it's it's look, it's entirely possible. It, it, it is entirely possible. I mean, you're not going that... to play the fucking Buffalo, the Colorado Buffaloes when you're in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that Dolphins offense just looked bad, bad with Tua, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and said, "Oh, let me, let me handle this." I heard another nickname for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Please share uh, on uh, on the radio when I was at work. Please share Fitz tragic. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's that's slander. That's disgraceful. He abhorrent. can either be Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic. That's absolutely horrific. That's disturbing in every way, shape, form, and color. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, it was definitely a scare when Salvin Ahmed uh, went out with the injury, with the shoulder injury. But thankfully, yeah. he was able to come back in. Yep. In this game. Um. Buy or sell. Melvin Gordon is startable going forward. Depends on your situation. I think if you're in a 12 or 14 and you have to start him, yeah, definitely continue to start him. But if you're in a 10-man league and you have other options, consider those options before you start Melvin Gordon because this is a full-fledged committee and you're going to be left frustrated most weeks. And then you might have this week where it is a bit of an outlier in terms of the overall production that you can expect from the Broncos backfield. I think if anybody starts Melvin Gordon next week and you're chasing 18 fantasy points, I don't know if he's going to come close to that. He could have had three touchdowns too. I know. Could have had three touchdowns. But he fumbled. Yeah. And that would have been, I would have been kicking myself. If he had scored a touchdown, my heart was in my freaking gonads. That's the Melvin Gordon we all know. Oh, yes, it is. Yep. I think he he suddenly thought about how his alma mater got got uh, roasted by Northwestern. True. That's also very true. Yeah. Uh, buy or sell. Drew Lock is bad. Full stop. Bad. Full bad. stop bad. Bye. I think, yeah. I mean, I think the Broncos won this game despite Drew Locke. And I wouldn't be the first person to say that. No. Nope, or the only not. person to say that. Nope. No, and I agree with you. Um, that's a bye for me. And there's something about him that when he came in, he was very likable. Now he just kind of comes off as brash a little bit. A little bit too uh, too rough for me. I mean, maybe he got a big head after that Chargers game. But it's possible. Very possible. This is a a bad team. This is a bad team. I mean, I I legitimately legitimately think that we overhyped Drew Locke coming into the season. Definitely. He was was a very, very popular guy that a lot of people were were very, very interested in, in drafting as a flyer. I mean, both of us, I feel like on the on the offseason stuff. Both of us really kind of set Drew Locke up as this person that that we already know is going to be really good in his second season. Well, 
we I think I feel like both of us like assumed that he was gonna are that he was gonna take the next step in the second in the second season and be good. Well, I can defend that position, and I think it also came with the territory that you were gonna have Von Miller there, which would improve that defense. That you were going to have Cortland Sutton there. That Melvin Gordon would be more of a consistent threat than he's been. But when you have the committee that they have, when you have no Cortland Sutton, you have no Von Miller. It kind of throws a wrench into uh, into that prediction that maybe we uh, we set. But just think about it, though. There are people that were targeting Drew Locke that could have had Justin Herbert. Think of it that way. Well, that that's even that's even more uh, painful when you think about it that yeah. way. Yeah, that's extremely painful. Extremely fucking painful, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I mean. Honestly, I can defend that too, where you don't know, you didn't know that Justin Herbert was going to come out and play like his hair is on fire. He was going to come out and play like his hair was on fire. I don't know where I heard that from. Well, it's, it's some... a good analogy because Herbert, Herbert looks terrific. Well, no wonder he cut it all off because it's on fire. <laughs> you know, I forgot that he did that and I was struggling to get the analogy. I get it now. That was funny. Yeah. I apologize for that just going, woo! But uh, yeah, no. So I think, yeah, we didn't know that Justin Harper was going to come out and be the kind of player that he was, where he just was like, oh, I'm just going to make the step right in from college to the NFL. It's fine. It's cool. True. I'm True. just going to play like it's a, like I'm an or like I'm in Eugene, Oregon, playing in playing Arkansas State at Austin Stadium. Fun, fun fact, by the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Um, my uncle lives in Eugene. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought that was one of the, is that, I thought that was one of those like man-made college towns. Nope. Nope. Do you remember, and this is, this is breaking the fourth wall a little bit, um, but this is more of a personal anecdote. Do you remember the interview that I did with the, uh, the, largest distributor for medicinal marijuana in the state of Oregon. Did I ever tell you about that interview? No, I thought you were going in a very different direction for that. Cause oh, I no, thought no, you were no. talking about the other interview that you did with the largest distributor of NFL rumors. Well, Mr. Rap sheet. Yeah. Well, I was I did, like, he, I did do that too. I was like, he got you that connection, but no. I did that too. No, no, no. But when I was doing, I did a feature back in, in school on, concussions in sports and one of the things that one of the interviews that i that i had was initially that's what i'd reached out to to ian for and i ended up interviewing ian for something completely different but one of the interviews that i did for it was the largest distributor of medicinal marijuana in the state of oregon that my uncle just so happens to know and hooked me up with him and he was a fantastic interview and he invited me to uh, to go out to Oregon and go to his uh his ranch and test out the product so big win for all parties involved wow that's something i i can't believe i never told you that i feel like you did but i probably forgot i know that's probably I, true i remember that you did that concussion thing for for quinn's class yes that's the one yeah that's the one and the, and the, the interview that i did was with was with the guy. I feel like I you probably asked me to help you with that for some for something. Oh, I know you're probably. 
Yeah. That was, at the like, time, that was at the time where I didn't know how to fucking edit left from right. And you've grown so much. Oh, I'm just an editing extraordinaire. Yep. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else in this no. game? No, I think we're good. I mean, as far as the news is concerned for this, Brian Flores did say that Tua is going to be the starter still. Oh, wonderful. So, great. There Love you go. That. Excellent. Because the reporter was like, so are you considering any changes at quarterback? He's like, no. No. Not, nope. No changes. No chance. No, no changes. Uh, next game, another good one. Green Bay at Indianapolis, the overtime oh, thriller. Oh, MVS. It was his first fumble, his first career fumble. Yeah. He did LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. That's not good. Not, not, not good. At least he didn't do it to Sean Jackson. No, that's true. He at least didn't do it to Sean Jackson. I don't know which one is, uh, which one is worse. Um, yeah. That was against the Cowboys, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Yes. I believe it was at the uh, it was at Old Cowboy Stadium. Yep. So was it Cowboy Stadium or Texas Stadium? Texas Stadium. There you go. The te- Texas Stadium in Arlington. Yep. Um, buy or sell. Continue to start your Green Bay Packers for the rest of the season. No qualms at all. Buy. No qualms. No qualms. No qualms. I mean, listen. The Aaron's came out and had a good game. Jones and Rogers. Devontae Adams did Devontae Adams things as per usual. And as far as the major names, that's really what you're looking for here. Uh, Robert Tunyon caught another touchdown. Good for him. But I still don't think he's worth it on a week-to-week basis consistently, especially not as much as as Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I'm going to buy that. After their matchup next week versus Chicago, they have Philadelphia at Detroit, at home versus Carolina, and then at home versus Tennessee. Beautiful. Four out of their next five are at home. Beautiful. That is absolutely delicious for fantasy playoffs. So absolutely 1,000%. Go and try and get some Packers if if you uh, if you potentially can because the Chicago matchup kind of worries me a little bit because Aaron Rodgers historically has not been has been hit or miss against Chicago but it is at home so that does help him a bit but then Philadelphia Detroit Carolina Tennessee those are four defenses that aren't necessarily the best against the pass that is terrific terrific for Aaron Rodgers so. Absolutely, one thousand percent. Go and definitely try and go get Aaron Rodgers if you uh, if you can. That's a uh, that's a buy for uh, for me. All right, um, buy or sell. Jonathan Taylor is back. Sell, sell. I haven't seen enough. It was a good showing for uh, for Jonathan Taylor, but it's not enough for me to go and say that he is one hundred percent back and that he has gained the trust of fantasy managers to go and plug him into uh, into lineups once again. And I mean, let's just face it also that he wasn't exactly the most efficient. He was just under just around 4.3 yards per carry, which is pretty good. 4.1. Pretty good. 4.1. All right. So yeah, I was doing, I was doing the math in my head and I said, okay, so if 20 
into 90 is 4.5 yards per carry. And he had 22 carries. So I was just trying to do the math there, but then I really, I should have done going down by two tenths instead of uh, the math that I was doing instead of one tenth. See, I don't need to do any of that math. Cause I'm looking at the box score. Well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm doing all, all of this from memory. Because the less, that's, the less that's math I do. I'm a radio professional. That's why I'm a radio professional is because I don't want to do math. Well, I am a radio professional because I study my stats before I come on and talk about them. So whatever. It's nice to have something in front of you, just so you know. Just so you don't forget. I mean, I don't think he's back necessarily either. This is just one of those games. I still think that Naeem Hines is probably the better start out of both of them. Just because... Uh, listen, the rushing isn't there. We know that. But the receiving is. And the, floor, the floor is much more set with Naeem Hines than it is with the rest. Well, that's the di- I mean, and that's the difference, really. Jonathan Taylor is like, he, he, he and Naeem Hines were even in receiving production in this game. But really, longer term, Naeem Hines is the receiving back. Yeah. For the Indianapolis Colts. And he got a two-point conversion. Let's not forget as mm-hmm. well. Uh, yeah, but this game was really good, all in all. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very very good game and a very impressive win by uh, by the Colts. Yeah, this team fucking lost to Jacksonville. Yeah, they could be they could be eight and two. This team should be eight and two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, well, actually, no, not speaking of. Let's just talk about this game. Uh, between the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings, the Serpent oh, game. Goody. Um, what what a game. Uh, buy or sell. Adam Thielen has has a has more upside in the future for this Vikings offense than Justin Jefferson. Oh, bye, bye. Yeah, I mean. Adam Thielen is the number one receiver for this offense, and it really shouldn't surprise anybody if that is uh, that is the uh, the case. He's did you see that catch he made? It was one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and we've seen great catches. Yeah, yeah, and we do have some breaking news also on uh, Joe Burrow. Um, the fears were confirmed. Uh, Doctor Chow did say this uh, when he gave an update yesterday on Joe Burrow that he believed it was a torn ACL and MCL at the least. And that is exactly Ooh. what it is. It is a torn ACL and a torn MCL for uh, for Joe Burrow. At least, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, well, awful. Well, I can I can confirm. I mean, you just add one more, and that's what I did. ACL, MCL, meniscus. Oh, that's yeah. like the that's like the uh, injury that Adrian Peterson suffered in 2012 or mm-hmm. 2011. Yep. I mean, at this point, it's like you got to be worried if Joe Burrow is going to be 100. percent uh, for week one of 2021. Um, this is around the same time that Carson Wentz tore his ACL, wasn't it? Yeah, and you have to question the availability of Joe Burrow, at least for the start, like you said, Adam. Yes, I, I agree with you. And give or take two weeks. I think he tore his ACL in week 13. Right. So. Right. And frankly, he's never been the same. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out and say that Carson Wentz has never been the same since he tore his ACL. That's not a that's not an outlandish thing to say at all. And I think debatably he was probably rushed back from that ACL injury. And it kind of fucked him up. 
Yes. Yes, it did. Mechanically. Um, anyway. So, uh, what's your buy or sell for this game? Uh, buy or sell, as long as Andy Dalton's starter, Mari Cooper, is a startable fantasy receiver. Along with the, I'll actually, I'll include the rest. That the Cowboys receiving core is good with Amari Cooper. Even with Andy, with Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yes, with Andy Dalton. These are words I can't believe I, I'm hearing you say, but yeah. Neither can I. I'm buying it. It's, it's what happens. Plus, uh, yeah, no. They they looked pretty good. They All three of them looked really good. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott looked really good. And, um, you know, this is panic button time for Mike Zimmer, honestly. Here's another question. In two, QB and Superflex. Is Andy Dalton worth the start on Thursday versus Washington? Oh, that, no, I don't think so. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I would say, no, it's too, it's too risky for me. Well, I mean, returning to the scene of the scene of the crime and all that. But also, I mean, that pass rush, Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you. The Vikings' defense isn't that good. Isn't as good as people think they are anymore. No, really. No, they don't have a. They don't really have a pass rush anymore. Um, no, their their secondary is bad. Everson Griffin is available. <laughs> Everson Griffin is not available. Everson no, Griffin I'm, signed with the Lions. Oh, that's right. Yes. So no. So yeah, they're, they're, no, they don't have anybody. They don't have a pass rush. Uh, their their linebackers are kind of good, but uh, their corners are. Are leave a lot to be desired. You meant to say Shangad. Yeah. Isn't it weird that Blake Bell, a good Oklahoma boy, is doing all these things for, for Dallas, for a team in Texas? Well, I think it's more surprising that Jerry Jones would uh, rely on a uh, good Oklahoma boy to uh, do the job when he is Mr. Arkansas. Let's move on, shall we, to this game. The Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, we were so close to having the Raiders sweep the Chiefs. No, we wouldn't want that. Because then I would have lost money. I would have not been very happy. Buy or sell. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has left Lev Bell in the dust and is once again the leader of the Kansas City Chiefs backfield. And there's no question about he that. Never, he never left it. He never left it. Bye. Our, I guess it, I'll rephrase as like our fears were wrong about the Chiefs' backfield. Yes, that is that is a buy. Yeah, we were wrong about that one. Um, Clyde looks great, and you continue to uh, to start him. Uh, buy or sell? Derek Carr is a good stream next week against the Atlanta Falcons. Buy. I'm buying it. I do. I am too. Really good in this game. Yeah, I think I would go on record and say this was, besides the five-touchdown game for 500 yards, this was probably, well, I would say he played better in this game, though. Like, just based on eye test and the things, some of the things that he did, I would say that this was the best I've seen Derek Carr play. Yeah. That's and I would mean that. He, yeah, he, he really, this is, a, I mean, this is a breakout season for Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. And he need he needed to have a good year because the Raiders 
with the new regime that they have, Mayock and and John Gruden, they maybe wanted to try and go get their own guy. And, you know, there have been questions about whether or not Derek Carr would continue to be the guy for the Raiders. But this season, he has just been terrific. I mean, I mean maybe maybe yeah. not for, for fantasy. You know, we're not talking about him being a, you know, a, a guy that you could start week in, week out. But overall for the Raiders, he has – he simply has been terrific this season. And, you know, fair play to him because he – He's gone through a lot in terms of getting to where he is now. Uh, really, really is fair play and respect to, uh, to Derek Carr for that. Yeah, it's crazy that we were thinking that, like, we were thinking that the Chief, that the Raiders would cut Derek Carr because they want to be rid of that huge contract that he signed. And and now, I mean, there's no way. No, no, you you can't cut Derek Carr now. Because yeah. he's been he's been terrific. Anybody else in this game? Um, no, I I think I think for this game we're uh, we're good. This game was an instant classic. I love it. Yeah, this was really. I mean, there's not much that needs to be said about Tyree Kill. You know what the deal is there. Kelsey, you know what the deal is there. Uh, Darren Waller, you know what the deal is. Uh, Aguilar continues to be a really really nice surprise for the Raiders. So if you want to add him, uh, definitely add him as an exploratory ad. And I even think as well, uh, Devontae Booker, Booker, if you're looking for a handcuff to Josh Jacobs, there's your answer in, in Devontae Booker. So uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely go pick him up. If you uh, have any concerns about Josh Jacobs uh, in the near or long-term future. Yep. All right. So let us talk about the Rams and the Bucks on Monday night football. Hooray. This game also has the potential to be an instant classic. Yes. Um, actually, yeah. So before that, also, I wanted to, to mention, I didn't know where to mention this, but in my job, one of, the, one of the more fun things about my job is that I get to experience a lot of fun, a lot. I mean, I get to experience a variety of broadcasters and play-by-play guys. One of my favorite play-by-play people are not only the two people that work the uh, the game with the Chiefs and the Raiders, Brent Musburger and Mitch Holthus, but um, also uh, I think Matt Taylor is his name, the guy who does the uh, the Colts as well. But on that touchdown to Kelsey, I thought that Mitch Holthus's eyes were going to pop out of his head. I don't know how... <laughs> I literally don't know how he does that. That yell that he does, where he's like, touchdown, touchdown Kansas City, that whole yell thing that he does. I don't know, I don't know how he does it like all the time, especially with the offense like the Chiefs. That's a that's a voice talent. Yes. And also it's it sounds exactly the same every time he says it, too. True. Very true. Um, yeah. So it's always fun. Also, uh the guy who does Auburn football. I don't know if you saw the uh, Auburn-Tennessee game or at least saw that that 100-yard pick six. I did. For the guy whose name sounds made up, Smoke <laughs> Monday. <laughs> I did see that game. That game was a uh, was a horror show. Smoke Monday. Yeah, I was working that night too. And I got to watch the the beauty, the beautiful uh, Michigan-Rutgers game. That was a really good game too. A really good game. I mean, speaking of other play-by-play guys, uh, Jim Branstadter, who does games 
who does play play for Michigan, and Chris Carlin, who uh, does uh, Rutgers. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, tangent over. You got to show my appreciation for people, other people in the field who are really, really good at their jobs. Um, and yeah, so the Rams and the Bucks. Thankfully, there are no injuries, major injuries. Oh, yeah. to note. It's not that there are no injuries because it, I mean, Brian Allen is doubtful, the center for the Rams, and Allie Marquette is out, and Tanner Hudson are, is out. But I mean, this is the, was that the third string tight end and uh, and the guard for the Bucks are out. So cool. Uh, Lovely. Let's just go right into the starter meter with Jared Goff. Five. Cross country trip. You got to be worried about that. Yeah. Darrell Henderson. Five. Ron, um, Cam Akers. Three. Malcolm Brown. Five. Cooper Cup. Nine. Robert Woods. Seven. Josh Reynolds. Five. Tyler Higby. Four. Gerald Everett. Three. Okay. For the Bucks, Tom Brady. Six. Ronald Jones. Seven. Leonard Fournette. Five. Mike Evans. Six. Antonio Brown. Six. Chris Goblin. Eight. Gronk. Seven. Cameron Bray. Three. Okay. I come to you once again to ask about the Buccaneers running back situation. I hope it's Leonard Fournette, not Ronald Jones, but I think it's going to be Ronald Jones. Yeah. It's just it's just weird every single week. Um, yes, it is, but continue to expect absolutely no clarity whatsoever with the back with the uh, Bucks running backs going forward. Because yeah, good luck getting an answer for uh, or a full scale commitment from Bruce Arians. Yeah, no, he he's like whatever whatever I feel like. In the morning, it's who I decide will be getting the most carries. Whatever the flavor of paint tells me. Oh, God. Anyway, we'll talk to you tomorrow when we do our waivers. We'll review this Monday night game between the Rams and the Bucks. And so very excited for that. And then later in the week, we will have our Friday show. And yep. we'll record that on Tuesday, like I said. Yep. So that being said... Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of everything under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella. That is the vanilla Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, which you're listening to right now. Quiz Stational and a new segment, The Debate. And that's all on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castro, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>